Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who journeys with us these 40 days and sustains us with the gift of grace. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Bend your ear to our prayers, Lord Christ, and come among us by your gracious life and death for us. Bring light into the darkness of our hearts and anoint us with your spirit. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Today, I am going to tell you the story that was in the first reading, but I'm going to tell it a little bit shorter so that you hear it. Today, the reading from 1 Samuel is a good reminder that God's actions can be surprising. People who are called into God's service are not always those that we might expect. 
So here's the story. God told Samuel that he had chosen a new king for Israel. The new king was to be one of the sons of Jesse. Somebody from a long, long time ago. I will keep telling you this story, yes. When Samuel saw the sons, he thought the Lord would want Jesse's oldest son to be the king. Instead, the Lord chose the youngest son, David, who was out tending sheep. Samuel anointed David as the new king, but it would be many years before the time was right for David to take take Saul's place. The Lord chose David, even though he did not look as big or as handsome as his older brothers. The Lord does not judge by outward appearance, but by the heart. This story reminds us that even the young can be called to important roles. Victoria, can you remember anybody else who was an unexpected king? Can I give you, can, I think Pastor Karen knows the answer because it's always the answer. It's always the answer, Jesus. Jesus. He was a baby who was king. And this time it's the youngest brother who was king. So guess what? God likes to tell us that who do you think can do important things in God's kingdom? Me. Yeah, who else? Daddy. Daddy, and who, who else? Baby. Baby sister Violet. Yeah, can we pray? Dear God, thank you so much for calling us all to do work in your kingdom, specifically the smallest of us. Amen. Amen. Let us together welcome the gospel. heals a man born blind, provoking a hostile reaction that he regards as spiritual blindness to the things of God. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated. So long reading has several movements in it. I want you to pay attention to the questions. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? 
Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it was someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been born blind, and they said to him, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him. And he is the one speaking with you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see 
your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. A lot of questions here. A lot of questions. Whose fault is it? Is it true? Where are your parents? Where is this guy? Is it okay for him to heal on the Sabbath? How can he be from God? He's a sinner, isn't he? Do you believe? Do you want to become his disciple too? Question after question after question, challenging. These people are challenging each other. And I know you know this, but I'm going to emphasize that when it says here that they were afraid of the Jews, this is the, the religious folk. It's not, I mean, the Pharisees were also Jews. Jesus was also a Jew. Uh, so it's not the Jews as a category. It's, it's the religious folk who they were afraid of. Because the gospel of, according to John, was recorded probably towards the end of the first century, after the fall of the, the temple. And by that time, there was a license or the word was uh, legate, which is how we get legitimate, legit, uh, legate. There was a license for the Jews to worship their one God. But otherwise, it was blasphemy because everybody was required to worship the emperor. So the Jews started distancing themselves from the Christians. Early on, they were all Jews. They were different kind of Jews. But at the point where the Jews had a license and the Christians were, did not, it was dangerous to be associated with the Christians because they refused to worship anyone other than the one triune God. Go try to explain that to somebody who says, just bow down to the emperor. Just worship the emperor. All you have to do is worship the emperor. We'll move on oppressing you as usual. So the, the separation and this fear was, was really deeply rooted in anxiety. What is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to us if we, if we admit this guy? What is going to happen to us if we let him start doing these things that are not our things. What is going to happen to us? Get them away from us. It's really what they were saying. And even the parents of the man, you know, they were afraid. So they're like, I don't know. He was blind. Now he sees. That's what we know. You figure it out. Because often, our anxiety and our fear can trap us, can trap us into saying, we don't want to think about anything beyond our regular patterns, our regular traditions that we've been taught by other people. We have the rules. We're going to follow them. We're good. This is how we stay safe. Jesus is not safe. Jesus has never been safe in that regard, in terms of 
what's expected of us and what the world can expect of us. And so Jesus does this on the Sabbath, and he does it using this thing that God created, the dust. And all throughout the Gospel according to John, there's all this, this language about seeing and light, just over and over and over again. And he's really emphasizing being spiritually open, being open to encountering God's truth, not just the practices, the rituals, the habits, the affiliation, but being open to actually seeing all that God can do in all God's various ways and being open to how that might manifest in ourselves and our neighbors and in our congregation. How will we be open to it? What will it look like? And what do we do if it looks uncomfortable or if it looks dangerous? I am brought two things today. I, I get dry eyes here a lot when the air is dry. Well, I use eye drops all the time to moisten my eyes. So I brought two, brought two different kinds. This is dirt. Tell me that didn't make you uncomfortable. I just spit in church. So I got some spit on some mud here. I got some Lubify, Costco kind of eye drops. Anybody? Fortunately for you, I'm not Jesus. And I'm not called to put mud on people's eyes to heal their sight. And you weren't born blind to glorify God. But if it made us that uncomfortable for me to spit in a little cup, in some dirt in church, for an illustration you knew was coming as soon as I opened it up, how uncomfortable might Jesus' acts make us? And I want to tie this back to, remember how I said there's a lot of seeing, we see this, we see that, and then all these questions about how does he see, how does he see, who did it. There's a verse where it says, um, let's see, isn't this, this the, isn't this the man? Uh-oh. It's a long passage. Somewhere it asked, isn't this the man who we used to see begging? Who we used to see begging. He was seen by all these people who were asking questions. If you were blind, Jesus said, you would, ha you would not have sinned, but now that you say you see, your sin remains. Because they used to see the man begging and wanted him to stay in his category. Systems theory will tell you that, that systems try really hard 
try really hard to stabilize and stay the same. We want people to stay in the positions we've put them in. This man who couldn't see and was healed and went about saying, I don't know, I don't know, he healed me. I guess I'm his disciples. I'll bow down and honor him. And then he, I mean, then, then he, he saw it. He became, and he, he would continue to grow and see more and learn more and develop more because he was open to it. And a lot of other people who saw him begging, that's really significant because he was seen even though he didn't see. And then they say, uh, we, don't, we don't really want any part of this. We don't want any part of this. We are invited always to take that risk, to take the risk that might be doing something different, that might be doing something uncomfortable, that might be doing something that makes some people mad, that might be doing something dangerous. Because we're invited, when we baptize, we're baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we're, we're Lent, we're on this journey of repentance to the cross. We're invited to take that risk. But we're invited to take that risk because of this illumination that God offers, the grace that God offers us in so many different ways that we might not be able to imagine. In the youngest kid of, of these eight, of, of um, Jesse, picks the youngest uh, ruddy one, well, you know, the little one nobody expected anything from. You ever been that one? My kindergarten told, teacher told my mom, she's very nice, but don't expect a lot from her. <laughs> what God used is not what was the, the custom, which was the oldest son, was not what seemed obvious, what not, was not what seemed most powerful, was not what was expected, and they weren't even going to let him see David. And I was like, okay, I'll get the kid. And Jesus used mud and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So once his eyes were washed, he went to the pool of Siloam, which means? Self. Sent. Sent. Once his eyes were washed, he was sent. You're invited now. You're invited every day to see what God is calling you to do, to turn from what might be customary, to risk the uncomfortable, if that's to proclaim the gospel. I will tell you, I have a lot of people who tell me how to run a, a warming shelter. I do. And many of their ideas may be great, but I will tell you, I am 100% certain this congregation is saving lives this winter. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. But I am 100% certain 
that as the upwards of 70 people who stay here are warm and resting, that this congregation is saving lives. That's being sent. So what other uncomfortable things are going to be asked of you today? Do you, too, want to be his disciple? Amen. By God's abundant mercy, let us pray for the church, the world, and all of creation. Eternal God, you seal us by the Holy Spirit and mark us with the cross of Christ forever in baptism. Inspire us by your love as together we strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Creating God, by your word you have made all things and you hate nothing you have made. Teach us to perceive the beauty of, of the breath of your creation from the grandest mountain range to the smallest springtime bud sprouting from mud. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. Powerful God, you anoint kings and establish rulers. Guide the work of heads of state and elected officials, including Mayor Beth Weldon and all CBJ assembly members. Encourage them to lead with justice and to remove barriers that impede the well-being of all. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. Shepherding God, you lead us beside still waters and restore our souls. Keep watch over those who weep, tend all who are sick and comfort those who grieve, especially those whose grief goes unseen by us. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. God our host, you fill us at your table with more than we could ever ask. Feed us with hunger for justice. Equip the feeding ministries of this congregation and community, especially the RLC Food Pantry and all devoted volunteers. Nourish us so we can nourish our neighbors. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. God of history, with thanksgiving we remember our ancestors in faith who cared for your people, especially Joseph, guardian of Jesus. We praise you for the ways they form the faith of others and continue to inspire us. Merciful God. Receive, receive our, our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and Let us pray. God of good gifts, receive these and all our offerings as we present them in faithful service. 
for the sake of your gospel. Prepare our hearts to receive you in this meal as you pour out your very presence through Jesus Christ, the wellspring of eternal life. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's announce together. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, the giver of love, Christ, the resurrection and the life, and the Holy Spirit of rebirth, bless you in your Lenten journey. Amen. It's been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.